We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Deshaun Watson's case just got murkier. We have the latest here on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, along with the results of a recent auction draft that we did that happens to be a super flex with four flex spots. Crazy stuff. My guest is Luke Luke Hoover from Rotowire. We're happy to be uh, doing this. We'll be right back to you after this. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Luke Hoover. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, no, no, and no, no small business uh, uh, bef- other than let me rephrase that. No bigger news than the you know, I, I talk professionally for a living, folks. Um, no bigger news than Deshaun Watson getting uh, this, this case getting murkier and murkier. The NFL announced that it will indeed appeal the independent uh, appointed judge. Uh, a judge's recommended six-game suspension is going to ask for more. Uh, is going to ask for per, you know indefinite, at least a year. Wants money. Wants him to get treatment. Uh, and meanwhile, Watson's camp is saying they did nothing wrong and they want nothing. Uh, so this is this is going to come to a head. It looks like they're they're threatening a lawsuit. This is you know exactly what they were saying before the suspension got handed down on Monday, Luke. Yeah. Um... I mean, it seems like it's going to play out, I think, pretty straightforward from what the CBA says, everything I'm hearing, at least, uh, you know, this is all Goodell's call. And and uh, sounds like they want to give him this indefinite suspension or at least uh, bump this up. So I'd be surprised if he plays this year at this stage. Yeah, you know, and I actually thought that he would after Monday. Outlet tea leaves, mm-hmm. you know, the Players Association sending that tweet out Sunday night saying, we're not going to appeal the ruling. We encourage the league not to also, like they knew what was coming down. <laughs> um, hey, turns out the league had three days to decide, and they took two and decided they will appeal it. Um, now, th- now, going through this process, I'm not quite sure how it works. Um, it, it, You know, I think Roger Goodell – uh, or his designee gets to re- uh, review it uh, and then issue that final decision. But then, you know, Watson, the NFLPA would have to file suit in federal court. Um, the Players Association was kind of, gu- you know, gunning for like having the system not be Goodell being the judge, jury and executioner. And that, that's the thing they're hoping having the, the process of, you know, a, you know, an actual 
evidentiary process with a former judge is trying to avoid that a little bit, but it looks like that is going to go around that route anyhow. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, as long as the, they, they can't correct that in the CBA, <laughs> Goodell's got too much power to probably some people, but, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, it might be, I think there will be people that will probably be happy with what the decision comes to be. I bet. I bet. So interestingly enough, you know, aren't you, are you uh, like me, a, a former attorney, current attorney, uh, any sort of legal background? Did I get that right? Or are you? I mean, I, I, I did study business law, okay. college, but no, no, That's no it. attorney background. Almost. Right. almost uh, you did watch once Matlock on TV, and yeah. so therefore you're qualified. No. Law and order, right. No, yes. a, a buddy talked to me out of law school, actually. Yeah. And from Monday, you know, in, in the last three days, Watson's ADP on the NFFC is still pretty low. It's 134. That's in nine drafts, 110 to 158. So no one was really kind of going crazy to go get Deshaun Watson for this year because even had the there been no appeal, even then he would have only he still would have been missing six games. So that I guess is enough of uh, to dissuade some people from uh, going and spending too much on uh, Watson in the uh, you know in in the draft in draft capital or in an auction. In our auction on Monday night, however. Uh, you know, he went, it's a super flex league, and he only went for four bucks for Rotowire's Peter Shanky. So Pete might be, may have to turn that, throw that back. But Pete also has at least three uh, quarterbacks. I remember seeing that in the draft. So um, don't cry for Peter Shanky. Um, he's, he's a happy man, anyhow. He's got Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. So I, yeah, I think he'll be all right. Uh, yeah. I, he, he was trying to set up a trade, it, it seems like possibly with uh, that little luxury ad. Exactly. Or at least have the ultimate bi-week quarterback, but, uh, and he still might, you know, here's the, you know, the thing is, so say he Watson files suit, that kind of just throws the brakes on the process a little bit there. And he, he might be eligible to play. Yeah. Uh, that I can't speak to. If, if you've got the legal background, then maybe, uh, you yeah. enlighten us a little bit. Oh, you know, I, I don't have it, it anymore. It, it, I'm a recovering attorney, not an actual attorney. Ah, all right. Well, but, if that if if that does end up happening, then yeah, I mean that's a steal at uh, I think the four dollars he spent on him. And I was tempted. I almost you know ticked that up a bit, but uh, you're just too much uncertainty. I'm gonna have to go ping my my guy Drew Davenport. Uh, he uh, is like my go-to for legal issues in the NFL, and he's been a busy man lately. You should follow him on Twitter, and we've had him on the podcast last year. I'll have him again at some other point in time. Uh, we're a week into training camp. We've got a lot going on, lots of news left and right. One major injury, that's Tim Patrick, Torres ACL. He's out for the season, unfortunately. That's a big blow for Denver. Uh, he's a guy that got drafted uh, in our league and, you know, gets drafted anywhere. He's in my top 150, at least my previous one. I'm about to, uh, I'm, you know, I'm about to update it later tonight. So we'll see what happens, Where, I, what I'm going to do with like KJ Hamler. But, uh, you know, this this hurts Denver for sure. Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, he's a, a really good red zone option for Wilson um, and a bit of a surprising deep threat, you know, because he's, he's built a little bit more like that uh, you know, possession target, um, you know, move the chains over the middle type of player. But um, he's quietly been their best receiver the last two years. Uh, I mean, they'll be OK. It's still Russ Wilson. Uh, it's He's got Cortland Sutton. He's got Judy. You know, Hamler coming off the injury adds that deep threat. Um, but yeah, it, it could be tough on uh, them, at least initially. Yeah, I think so too. Um, what are you looking for right now? And when you read training camp news, 
We got the Hall of Fame games uh, tomorrow night, first preseason game of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of noise out there, but there's also some signal here and there. What do you find moves the needle for Luke Hoover? Mostly, I mean, and you know, with the caveat, we're we're really early. It's a, a week into training camp, roughly. You know, ten days maybe right. for a lot of these teams. I'll pay attention a little bit more to maybe some news out of like the padded practices. A lot of that stuff, it's the seven on seven, you know, even the 11, 11, they're not hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, putting too much stock into that, but um, you know, I, I will, I'm, I'm not, uh, um, yeah, I can, I can still be the victim of, of a few highlight real, you know, catches and things like that. And I guess we'll get to that. When we talk about our draft and, and how I overpaid a little bit for Brandon Ayuk. But uh, I'm, I'm starting to buy into hype for a handful of receivers, probably about five to seven or so um, that, you know, reports out of their camps are, are the connections they're developing with quarterbacks, uh, you know, the, some of the, the highlight plays that they're making. I'm probably going to be, you know, the, the, the biggest George Pickens fan by the end of the, the preseason. I was uh, a huge fan of his going into the draft and felt like he was a, a surefire first round talent. And I think he's displaying a lot of that ability so far in Steelers camp, as far as everything that I can see, especially with Deontay Johnson holding in, you know, and yeah. not, uh, not out there and playing. He's getting a lot of opportunity. It wouldn't shock me if he surpasses Claypool and, it, you know, assuming Johnson lines up that those two are, you know, vying for targets every week. And he's kind of maybe even a one B on that roster. It wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, other guys I really like um, Elijah Moore, um, certainly getting quite a bit of hype. Um I've, I've not been a fan for years, but I'm starting to come around again on Juju uh, and, and what he might be for that Kansas City offense. And, and maybe right. it really was. I, I, I believe that he fell off because he was, you know, a true number two receiver, couldn't handle being the number one with no Antonio Brown there and, you know, couldn't separate from coverage as well as he needed to. to. But then maybe it was really more Ben, you know, and the te- deterioration of his arm. Um, so I'm interested to see what he can do there. You know, and some other young guys, uh, two other rookies, obviously, uh, as a Packers fan, I'm paying very close attention to them, and it sounds like Romeo Dobbs is making a highlight real catch that pretty much every practice. practice. Yeah. yeah, you know, Rogers making that uh, quote today, you know, raises eyebrows, um, puts him on the radar, and a guy I think he should probably be drafted in most leagues. I don't think he was in our, our draft, I have to double-check, but uh, I think he's going to be on a lot of rosters come September. Um, and Traylon Burks, after, you know, some – disappointing news with uh, uh, OTAs and mini cap camp um, starting to, you know, prove it out there. He just came back in shape and, and is the physical specimen that, you know, that tore up the SEC and he's starting to, you know, beat up on cornerbacks and, and make contested catches and things like that. And so when you see some of those highlights, those are really catching my attention. He's probably starting to rise after sinking a little bit after OTAs yep. and mini camps, as you alluded to with the asthma and conditioning issues that passed pretty quickly. So that, that was good there. I want to circle back to Pittsburgh real quick. You mentioned George Pickens and yeah, he is turning heads. Pittsburgh's got a great track record drafting uh, wide receivers on day two of the draft. Uh, and Pickens is no exception to that. The funny thing yeah. is, He's turning heads in a positive way, despite two of the three quarterbacks having awful training camps. Mitch Trubisky hilariously was like 0 for 16 <laughs> on uh, a, a drill there on every pass beyond two yards in a passing drill they were doing, I think, in the red zone uh, just yesterday. You know, that, that's pretty wild. Uh, and then on the, and the flip side is, you know, Kenny Pickett is also looking terrible so far, working with the third team. Those tiny little hands. Uh, you know, it looks like that that's uh, might be he's now not near starting everyone. I think 
I think they wanted to have Trubisky be your starter there for week one and maybe the first few weeks of the season, if not the whole season. Right now, the best quarterback in camp is Mason Rudolph, and we've seen that movie. It's it's nothing special. No, um, but they have the weapons. They have playmakers. I think they can elevate. The, I think the you know versus a lot of those you know elite level talents of Russ Wilson and Rogers who might elevate receivers. Um, you know Brady, of course, and I think maybe it'll be the reverse for for the Steelers and some of the skill talent around them might elevate them. But it really it might come down to that offensive line, which you know still probably hasn't anywhere close to fixed. Uh, and I wonder how much of the struggles are having in camp is going against a potentially elite defense. Sure. You know, great front seven. You know, Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt. Um, from what I've, you know, noticed out of the camp, um, reports are that uh, uh, Miles Jack has been a really good addition, and Devin Bush is starting to play up to his first round, you know, pedigree after a little bit of, uh, you know, some injury issues early in his career, and you know that front seven might end up being one of the best in the league. Uh, I think that's we, a great we had plan, that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and we had that super flex draft that we did in Vegas, uh, where I did. Uh, add Trubisky as a guy I thought I might be able to play in, in as my number two, planning to pretty much stream my second receiver opposite or, or a second quarterback opposite Russ. Uh, and that's not looking so good after the 0 and 16 reports. No, no, it's not. Uh, now it might be something that uh, could change. I think it's a great point. He's doing it against that defense, but it's a bad sign that that offensive line is struggling so much too. Uh, right. So, you know, I can't really give him the complete pass there. Um, got a couple of good questions. We're going to hit those up in a second. But first, we got our first commercial note here from uh, one of our good sponsors, one from Dynasty Owner. Do you love fantasy sports? Are you ready for a new challenge this year? Dyn- Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You will have complete control over your team's future. You can build through the draft, make trades, sign free agents, and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create a dynasty of champions? Sign up now at dynastyowner.com and use promo code ROTO5. That's R-O-T as in Tom, O-5, to receive $5 off any new team. Hey, I'm Jeff Erickson here. My guest is Luke Hoover from RotoWire. Luke and I just completed a... uh, super flex auction league with four flex spots first of all league format i love the format with more starting spots i'm always a big fan of digging deeper it's interesting more starting spots fewer reserve spots so you still have that tension on the waiver wire stuff to make some tough calls but you're also having to have a little bit of depth it's not just totally stars and scrubs yeah absolutely um well although i was after the draft uh uh, it lamented a little bit to our commissioner that uh, he didn't add at least one or two bench spots because um, I, I tend to go into these auctions trying to create a, a, a really a lot of balance and depth and 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 not have holes in the roster. Mm-hmm. I think I ended up succeeding after a little bit of a bumpy start, but uh, my end game was to to add Pickens, who you know again I'm I'm going to be really uh, beating the drum for him coming up over the next few weeks, and uh, I I. Filled my roster. I think I was the first actually to fill my roster and, and just kept finding values on players that are proven that are, you know, really good talents. I think have big roles on their, their teams. And uh, I ended up not getting to, to stash them in the end. Well, and that's the thing you make that decision, you know, stars right. and scrubs versus a balanced roster. Uh, and let's pull up your roster right now. And you can see that uh, Luke, uh, you know, 
Luke didn't uh, spend a lot on any one given player. Uh, you know, let's pulling up his roster right now. It's the Polkai Panthers. And the most he spent on any one given player was Saquon Barkley at $31. And that in itself in a $200 budget realm, that's a bit of a discount compared to some of the other top running backs. I know you're simpatico with uh, my former broadcast partner and good friend Chris Liss in uh, calling for a bounce back season from Barkley. Yeah, I mean, I, I get all the cause for concern, but he's 100% healthy as, as it seems right now. I don't think he has – I don't think he's an injury-plagued player where he's suddenly, you know, going to – it wasn't soft tissue injuries. And I guess that's the biggest thing for me. It was an ACL. It was a couple different ankle issues. And last year's, you know, was that, that fluky sort of after the play, stepping on a foot and rolling his ankle badly. Um, and he was starting to be back to that player. He'd had a big game against the Saints, I want to say, one or two weeks prior to that. Um, you know, uh, caught a long touchdown in that game. Um, you know, the new head coach, new offensive system, I think an improved offense overall, the addition of Evan Neal in the first round to, uh, I think, finally solidify a little bit of that O-line rebuild. To me, he's just too too special of a talent. There's too big of an opportunity. Really, the only downside is, does he get hurt again? And I'm willing to take that gamble. Are you concerned at all about maybe, uh, you know, him not being the same player that he was, at, you know, do, thanks to all those injuries he had, uh, that maybe there's some permanent change in his ability? No, not really. And to me, the 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 – he doesn't need to be the same player. He's going to have a huge workload if he's healthy. So you're talking about a guy who's getting well over 300 touches, I believe, you know, if he gets 15, 16, 17 games. And, um, you know, the, the workload by itself, I mean, Najee Harris wasn't super effective last year. And what was he, uh, the you know, RB two or three by the end of the year? And, and, you know, in terms of just that volume, leading mm-hmm. the league in pass catching, you know, you know Barkley had that 90 uh, reception season as a rookie. He did. Uh, you know, reports at a camp where they're they're not just you know throwing them little dump offs and screens. They're they're running him on routes or running him downfield. He's up you know running up the seam. Uh, he's got a lot of ability as a receiver that I think is still pretty untapped. You know, uh, especially if they're starting to to deploy him in different ways and, and be a little bit more um, you know strategic with how they do that. He's he's still got enough ability physically to to make a guy miss in space. I'm not worried about that. You know, I know his, uh, his elusiveness ratings were were low last year. You know, I think that was first year off the ACL, and then the the, the ankle injury was what maybe week five or six. Uh, so so it's still early on the season. He was probably impacted by that the rest of the year. Rotowire's Alan Soslowski chimes in. Uh, Alan was also that. in the draft. He's he's also pro Barkley. Uh, yeah. Firmly getting drafted on the turn now. ADP fourteen fifteen. I'm not I, I there think- yet. Yeah, I, I hear I, you. I paid maybe a couple bucks more than I would have liked to for him, but at the end of the day, I'm pretty happy with it. it. It was one of those decisions too at that point of the draft where I didn't have a running back. My targets going in, uh, I'll tell you. So, I, and why I paid up, <laughs> overpaid for Ayuk with my first bid. Um, one, uh, I, I was I was holding a, a screaming baby, so I was thrown off a little bit. Ah, <laughs> I had, the I had screaming to, baby I had to, defense. I had to grab my son for about the uh, first. Uh, 30 to 40 or so uh, bids, I think. Okay. Uh, so, so that that uh, uh, messed me up a bit. And then I, I didn't realize I was getting into a bidding war with Dalton Del Don, who I think was uh, added to the the uh, league somewhat last minute. So I thought he wasn't going to be in when I previously checked the rosters. And then he maybe took – I think he took Liss's spot maybe. 
I think uh, he was jo- I think someone was joking about him not being able to make it. I don't know because well, you know, anybody who's listened to Dalton knows he's trying to stack his Niners. He just narrowly outbid me for Lance pretty early on. I think he was one of the top ten or, or so guys bid. Uh, so I had planned to grab Lance and Ayuk. I tend to go into these things with, um, you know, a list of maybe three to five guys that are kind of my must-have guys, and it's usually going to be because I think they're a particularly strong value. So I was hoping to get Ayuk more in that fifteen-dollar range, uh, and, mm-hmm. and battled it out with Dalton, uh, and ended up what I thought was overpaying a bit. I still believe really strongly in the talent, so I'm happy to have him. And I think it worked out as I adjusted and got some better values as the the draft went on. Right. But where I, where I took Barkley, uh, my my must have running back who I did get later was AJ Dillon, and um, uh, other than that, I really thought Brees Hall and or Cam Akers would be great values, and I wanted to add one of those guys and have them be my my top two backs and I plan to go a little heavier receiver when I paid up a bit more for Barkley and then ended up, you know, not paying up for some of the receivers I wanted. Uh, Alan Robinson, who, who I got in both those drafts we did in Vegas uh, is, is a guy that of course, obviously now he's, he's picking up some, some camp uh, hype and steam and, and climbing draft boards. Uh, I knew as, as he fell further and further and wasn't being put up for bid, he was going to, I was going to have a battle for him and he went higher than I wanted to pay. Yeah, I, I, I wagged my finger at you in Vegas when you took Robinson in our drafts because I, I love Allen Robinson. Oh, year. yeah. I, I, have, I have him right inside my top 15. I, I don't – I just – you know, it's top a narrow 15 especially. receivers. Top 15 receivers, right, right. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, you know, it, the, I think the whole free world loves Allen Robinson with the Rams. You know, yeah. we can we can all share – spit out. Yeah, months why. ago I was getting so much cheaper. Yeah. It's the like – The second he signed, I was like, he's back. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like people saying that they're big on Travis Etienne or Kyle Pitts this year. Yeah, we know everybody is. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, uh, Etienne was another guy I debated paying up for, and I think he got put up for twenty five immediately, and it was you know, probably right around my max of what I would have paid for him for sure. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Ayuk is you know he had that uh, the, that note about he's had rapport with. Uh, uh, with Lance after struggling in the in the summer with him, even though they're working together, or having a hard time getting on the same page. No, the the phrase arm fatigue still scares me with Trey Lance. I'm not there for Trey Lance. I know you are. I, I ragged on you in Vegas for taking him before Russell Wilson. I still will, by the way. Uh, but hey, now, I, now admittedly that that was a that was a big oversight. That was, was that a uh, Vegas drunken mistake? No, or was not, it not at all. Drinking that at that all? was me going way too old school, not wanting to bring my laptop uh, uh-huh. to the pool and, and working off a pen and pad that I had in my my bag for the pool. Gotcha. Um, and and I just ha- happened to not cross up, or I think I had already crossed up Russ's name. I don't remember the exact way I I messed that one up, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize Russ was still out there. Yeah, it's all right. We'll, we'll give you a pass. I mean, I, I have... had my I had my heart set on Lance. I got him. So yeah, yeah. I you know, you know hey, draft with your heart. Have fun. It's a fantasy football league. If you believe in him, you're gonna you know go get your guys. I've, I've never have a problem with that. Let's look at the rest of your team here. So you. You may have overspent on Ayuk at 21, but look at the other receivers you got at discounts. DK Metcalf for 17, yeah. Michael Thomas for 13. No risk there at all. No, there's plenty of risk. I oh, get my, my team is 100% risk-reward right now. Which is always is for you, though. I mean, that, that's the way – it's a good way to play, though. Deontay Johnson at 13. This is such a competitive league. I think you almost need to, to swing big. Deontay Johnson for 13, Jerry Judy for 12. Johnson I, Johnson was a player I had absolutely no intention of – of adding in part because I, you know, plan to, to finish the draft up with Pickens. And I think a few spots later, Elijah Moore went up 
and and having not you know planned to grab Johnson and just liking the value too much, I, I was a little disappointed. I didn't I didn't go for more, uh, and I was very close. Uh, and then I turned around and grabbed Judy. Um, you know, to me, Judy versus Elijah Moore is kind of a coin flip. I I, I like I think the upside of Moore a bit more, a bit better. I can uh, appreciate that. But uh, but you know the Patrick injury helps me a bit there. Well, you know what, Johnson, I had a max bid left of 11 bucks, and I wanted to fill my last remaining starting spot, my last, my fourth flex spot. Um, and I, I, you, on the other hand, you, you kind of conserved your money. You had money all the way through the end game, all the way to your final player with Kareem Hunt at pick 143. Right, um, which is part of why I don't end up with those $1, $2 rookie guys that I really like. Yeah, which is, you know, opposite of me. We'll get on my team here in a second, but, um, you know, the un- unfort the unfortunate news on Tim Patrick is good news for your Jerry Judy. I think a little bit, a little few extra targets might fall his way that might have otherwise just because unless they bring in another receiver. Because I think KJ Hamler is interesting, um, but you know everybody behind, you know he and Kendall Hinton move, move up a peg, but they don't have the, they don't think they're going to demand the same target share that Patrick did. So uh, I, I think maybe more throws go to the backs, the tight ends, and to the top two receivers. Yeah, I mean you and you got one of those with one of my favorite values with Javante who who is kind of right yeah. there with, with Brees Hall is a guy that I, I thought you know I expected Javante actually to go a fair amount more than he did just you know he's he's one of those guys that can can turn a league uh, you know depending on how that back but that's the out. beauty of this format yeah I mean the super yeah. flex plus four four other flex spots I mean you have to fill a lot of spots um and so you don't pay as much for you know you know, you know, even the stars go a little cheaper than they normally would, but even that, but that second tier really gets priced down. Uh, let's look at your running backs after Barkley. Yeah. You also have Rashad Penny, another one of my faves at 12. Uh, I don't think you got a discount necessarily, but at the same time, I, I think that's a, a good fair price. AJ Dillon, a lot of people loving AJ Dillon, including Aaron Rodgers today said some nice things about him. You paid 18 for him. Uh, maybe not, I'd say that's probably full priced. And then, you know, got like, as, as alluded to earlier, you paid uh, nine bucks in the end game for Kareem Hunt. And he was clearly the best remaining player at the time when you finished up your roster. I was pretty happy to land him. I mean, especially taking, a, I mean, look, I, I believe in Barkley, but it still feels risky, obviously, after the past three seasons. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Penny, I'm expecting, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be looking for somebody on the waiver wire when he's, he's getting injured in week four, you know, he's, been perpetually injured it feels like but uh the reports from camp you know again early early in the the summer it's still you know beginning of august first week of august but you know supposedly explosive you know saw something about him you know carol saying he's at you know the same playing weight that he was uh to end last season roughly which i think was a concern of his in the past about him you know he's a bigger back and maybe uh, not being really in the shape he needed to be uh so that he's you know in that maybe top condition uh, in early August gets me excited. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I like what you did there. Uh, I like the balance there. I mean, you have, you know, this is a prototypical balanced roster uh, that you came out with. You came out with three uh, quarterbacks too. I like that in a super uh, flex league. Actually, I, I've got four quarterbacks, four, have, yeah, which was not, the, not the plan. And another reason why, um, you know, I really was kicking myself about not uh, going to war over Trey Lance or Jalen Hurts. Those were my top two targets at, at quarterback. I kind of hope to top out around 20, 24, 25. They went for 25. I should have spent the extra buck or two. Um, 
you know, they, I know Lance went before my IU pick, but again, you know, while I was holding the kicking screaming baby and I wasn't paying as close attention as I needed to be. Uh, and yeah. then, uh, and then once I'd overpaid for him, I, I think Hertz was just after I added Rogers and I still didn't have that running back. I knew there was a good chance I wanted to pay up for either Barkley or I want to say, it was, and I think it was also Chubb who might've still been available at the time. Uh, and I wanted one of those guys as my anchor back. So I, I didn't go the extra dollar or a few dollars I might need to for a guy like Hertz. You know, so I, uh, I, I, when, when these guys kept falling, I, you know, I felt like it was worth uh, adding them because, you know, I can stream with Daniel Jones if he doesn't quite hit, you know, if they decide to shift gears, I, they don't have another option really behind him, but uh, um, you know, who knows what that giants offense will look like in the end. I like the upside of uh, Zach Wilson. I still think Baker's talented. I, I, I believe he's, you know, a really um, strong enough passer to put up production with DJ Moore, you know, with a deep threat and Rob Z, Robbie Anderson, who was not utilized well last year. I'm still hopeful with a guy like Terrace Marshall that, that he could develop. And, and, you know, the Notre Dame Homer in me likes the athleticism of a, a young Tommy Tremble as a, you know, as a H back slash tight end. I read a note the other day uh, that, uh, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are relatively equal in this quarterback battle. And talked about that with Nick Whalen today on Sirius XM, yeah. because I was surprised by that. Cause as soon as they made the trade, I thought any sort of talk about a job battle between uh, Mayfield and Darnold was just lip service that it's really going to be Mayfield's job. And I still think it will be. I, um, I think it's still lip service. I don't, I don't yeah. you know, really buy into that. Um, he's just a much better passer. He's, he's a better thrower and, uh, you know, I think I want to believe he, he, you know, he processes more quickly than Darnold reads the field a little bit better. Um, you know, the, neither of them is particularly mobile, even though I think Darnold had what, like five rushing touchdowns at the beginning of last year. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's also going to be Baker's mentality going into this season to, you know, prove a little bit, uh, you know, about uh, the way things played out with Cleveland. Well, you're going to have some trade capital, um, and I think you will end up trading one of those four QBs because you don't want to have to be making decisions. And I think I'm going to have to, but at some point, though, I, I, if you look real closely at my team, I'm I'm pretty much losing weeks nine and fourteen. I I really <laughs> I'm fully unintentional, but uh, I think I I can't even field a, a full roster. I'm going to have about two or three guy, guys that are you know, not playing. And, well, that's and what happens out. when you stack a couple players on the same team that happens. Yeah. I mean, you got Jones and uh, Saquon on the giants. Right. You've got Rogers and Dylan on the Packers. So uh, yeah, I can see it there. Uh, you got three Packers cause you got their defense too. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get that. You know, I've been in that position before. I'll be, I'll tell you what overrated. Injuries I'm take, I'm yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I mean, well, yeah, I, I might have to replace some of these guys whether I want to or not. And if that can mean, you know, luckily stay healthy. I'll take the L on in week nine and, and be, you know, at full strength every whenever everyone else has right. guys on by. Don't take an L in the playoffs. I mean, 14 is perilously close to the fancy playoffs. That's the tricky week for if, you. If I'm if I'm on, yeah, if I need a win to get in, then I'm in trouble. Then I maybe need to uh then you'll make, make trades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, that, that's fine. Otherwise, I think the bye week analysis is super overrated. I know Scott Pianowski was writing about that in uh, his review of this draft, and you know. Pay more attention to the early part of the schedule than the late part of the schedule because things change so fastly, uh, so quickly. Ah, oh, fastly. Nice. Yeah, I, this is my second great speaking moment <laughs> of the podcast here. I was I said the bye weeks influenced one one decision. I really would have loved. I thought one of the best values at quarterback was Justin Fields, who you landed. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I checked quickly right uh, before uh, he went up for bid, I had already had Rogers and I was thinking about trying to pair him and I double checked. They have the same buy and I was like, uh, I don't want to deal with that headache in a super flex. Then that I is like, that part you know, I then, agree with. Then, it, then I really felt like I would have to go four quarterbacks. And if I thought I could, which I, I never expected to, I probably would have uh, bumped uh, fields up a little bit. So I think you got him for roughly the same price. I got Daniel Jones. Yeah. 14 to 13, I think yeah. respectively. Um, yeah. I, 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 I tend, I really like to have three quarterbacks. I, at least in a super flex, uh, I like even four is fine. Cause you know, some trade capital is nice and injuries happen. And especially when you've got two cheapies like that, you're kind of gambling up and one of them shows some upside uh, and then you can kind of. Right. And, and, you know, I, I don't think I needed the four quarterbacks in the end because I got such good value receiver. I could you know, potentially have swung a week if I had to where I went, you know, no quarterback or no super flex and just played one QB. We didn't touch on it real quick. The, the one I had it was not on my radar at all. I had no intention of adding this player, but getting DeAndre Hopkins, I think, for two bucks maybe uh, it really helps me out in the long run, of course, once he gets back from the bye weeks and especially. Uh, with with news of Marquise Brown, um, you know, might have some legal issues. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. You know, maybe yeah. he starts slow. Maybe he gets suspended in season. Who knows uh, what happens there? But um, you know, I still think Hopkins is going to be able to put up some numbers, even even then it's thirty. So, you know, I hear you on that. But uh, four man benches, uh, six weeks is a long time to carry a guy. The only uh, way, the only reason I'm dropping is if I got injury because I don't really you know I've got the the depth so uh, I'm, yeah because I don't think you can stash a suspended guy on IR so no uh, um, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure when I took him I was you know hopeful but now I can't <laughs> yeah uh, that's that's a problem uh, before we contra- contrast your team with mine uh, another quick note this one from Fantasy Football for Dummies ready to take your fantasy football skills to the next level daily fantasy football is the latest and greatest way to play fantasy football. You can enter tournaments for one week and even just one game. It's an awesome way to apply your fantasy skills to make some money. But do you know whether 50-50 contests or guaranteed prize pool tournaments are for you or or the difference between fading and stacking? Worry not. The new edition of Fantasy Football for Dummies has you covered. Inside this book, you'll find not just basic information and strategies for standard fantasy football play, but a whole section devoted to the hottest new fantasy action on the market. Whether you want to play through DraftKings, FanDuel, or any number of other services, this book will help you get started with your bankroll and offer advice and insight into the different contest types. Drafting strategies for all the major tournaments, as well as tactics to take your daily fantasy game to the next level. Whether you're looking for a little excitement or a chance at winning money, daily fantasy football is the perfect game for you. And the second edition of Fantasy Football for Dummies is the book to help you win big. Big thanks to our friends at the Fantasy Football for Dummies. Uh, we appreciate them advertising with us. Jeff Erickson here with Luke Hoover. We are talking auction leagues, super flex leagues, and, the, and specifically the league that we just did on Monday night, Flex Vegas, I believe we're calling it. It's a super flex league. It's a $200 budget auction, half point PPR, four flex spots, two receiver spots. So that's one thing that changes a little bit here. Luke, while you were on Screaming Baby Watch and hadn't taken a player in the thir- first 31 picks, I had already filled my roster with six players. So we were completely different builds as far as this uh, this draft goes. <laughs> a little bit. And trust me, I've been on Screaming Baby Watch before, but now my babies are 17 and 15. So <laughs> holding them and them screaming would be a completely different proposition that no one wants to see or hear. So, uh, yeah. It's so funny. For nine players through the shoot, I'm like, okay, I'm calm. I'm being patient. 
Joe Burrow comes up and it's all over. And I'm, I'm spending like crazy after that spending like a madman. Um, I spent a, a good chunk of my budget, 70, uh, 90, 114, one, 131, oh, yeah. 140 of my budget in the first 28 players. Definitely opposite approaches here. Yeah. That said, in a, in a veteran room like this, I don't mind that. I don't mind spending early because I think – now, I like some of the prices you got, but I, I also also think that sometimes some early players coming out of the shoot can be a bargain. I'll give you – I. I thought at the time I thought I overpaid for Joe Burrow when I spent 31 on him because a couple other quarterbacks might have gone cheaper early on. Then I like Lamar Jackson later on went for uh, 29 and I I had some regrets. Murray went for 28, but then like Matthew Stafford went for 32. Kirk Cousins went for 26. We saw a lot of expensive mid draft quarterbacks. It's just an illustration of how auctions are weird and the, the relative value of players can change in the course of an auction. A hundred percent. And that's why, you know, I ended up with Daniel Jones as my second quarterback instead of, uh, you know, a more stable guy like Cousins or Carr, both of whom I I was targeting, but I wasn't paying up into the mid twenties for them. I got Rogers at what at 19. I was hoping to keep, you know, that's a part. That's a sick bargain now. I I was pretty pleased by the the draft with that. I was hoping to get one of those other two guys in that similar range, but also was looking for somebody who's a little bit more mobile. So I wasn't too disappointed with Jones. Uh, I believe I was the one who put up Chase for bid after you paid up for Burrow. I knew you were pairing the two. Dastardly. <laughs> I, just, Dastardly. I just wanted to. I just wanted to get get some budget. You know, to be uh, fair, top down from you because we tend to like really similar players. I figured you, you know we might be going toe for toe for Robinson later on in the draft. And I was in on the bidding on Robinson without right. a doubt, without a doubt. Um, and yeah, I just I think he went. Late, like you said, he went later in the draft, so you know I just couldn't afford me. Yeah, I went pick seventy-seven. He still went for twenty-five. So you know, you know, at least you know uh, Ted Bell, super fan Ted Bell, didn't have didn't get a uh, like an utter bargain with him, but he got a pretty good price. You know, fourteen dollars cheaper than Chase. I guess it is a bit of a bargain, but one dollar more than my AJ Brown. Which tell you what, I I love me some AJ Brown too. Yeah, uh, he was one of your early early pickups. I really like. I mean, I, I I love Chase and Burrow the players. I was you clearly look at my roster. I'm not paying up for guys really. I, I mm-hmm. was going to, uh, for a different build. Uh, I did like Brown. I mean, even personally though, I wouldn't. You know, I, I had like a select handful of receivers I'd pay in that 25 to 30 range for. I just okay. don't. I don't know the volumes there for him. He's he's you know one of those guys. He's just so physical. Feels like he's going to be banged up one or two weeks out of the year. And you can deal with that, you know, in, in a, a league with, with depth like this. But, uh, uh, I mean, for all the money you spent early, though, you, I loved some of the values you got in the middle, that run of Javante Fields uh, and Hunter Renfro, who, who I really was tempted to, to go a buck or two higher on. And then your tight ends, a dollar each. Um, I love Fryermuth this year. I'm I'm in a lot on a, I mean, despite the quarterback issues, I'm in on a lot of the Steelers skill talent. Um, even uh, I think Claypool went pretty late and, and for cheap, but you know, I liked him. Um, so you, I mean, you got great values kind of in the end game. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, you know, I, I played the tight end chicken game. 
for sure. In fact, and one. <laughs> I, be I believe you were the guy that, yeah, yeah. Cole Komet was a guy that I want, I would have been happy with. I was at a buck a player at that point in time, but I, I, I knew I wasn't paying for a tight end. Komet was on that, you know, short list of must have guys. He was my the, pretty much the only tight end I was aiming for. Um, Fryermuth probably would have been the, the number two though behind him. Yeah. I wanted Fryermuth, but I, you know, I think, I threw out Komet first because Farmuth got banged up a little bit with the, uh, the hamstring right. injury. Um, and so that's why I backed him up with Hunter Henry. Usually I don't draft two tight ends, but yeah. in the Vegas – yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, to me, the Farmuth and Komet, they're, 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 their paths to points are almost the opposite to me. Farmuth, I think, is that red zone weapon, going to put up some touchdowns. Um, and he had you know, a fair amount of receptions last year, but I think the addition of Pickens with, with Deontay, with Claypool – and a quarterback with an, you know, a functioning arm. Um, I, I, that's a lot of targets to split up with those receivers and Najee coming out of the backfield to eat up a lot of targets. So I don't know that Farmworth gets volume, but I think he gets um, high value targets. That's where, right. With Komet, I'm, you know, I don't see how he doesn't walk into 120 plus targets just with him and, and Mooney as the, you know, the top passing options in an offense where, uh, you know, the, uh, they're going to be behind a lot. They're going to be throwing the football. So uh, I like that the garbage points that Komet can pile up. How dare you diminish the work that Vellis Jones and Nikhil Harry <laughs> are going to do with the Bears there? Come on. It's, you know, that number two receiver is Byron Pringle. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. Ex-Chief K-Stater. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like yeah. Vellis Jones' yeah, athleticism, you know, really good, shifty guy after the catch. But it's not uh, bad for a 45-year-old drafted out yeah, of college, right? right? <laughs> no, no uh, we kid. We kid. He's only 25. But uh, still, it's, it's crazy to think about that. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just – the Bears are such weird. I hope it works out. Obviously, I've got Justin Fields. You alluded to that. I want I want Komet to work out really well for him. And I want to commit mm -hmm. over Fryermuth. I want to commit happy with Fryermuth. I actually nominated Irv Smith. Uh, would have been – thinking that a burden of nomination, I'd get him for a buck. Instead, he went for two. And I got a little lucky there. Dalton bid the two on him. And then, you know, he still might be fine. But he banged up his thumb, had surgery yesterday. They say he's going to be ready for week one, but that, this is critical time with a new offense after he missed all of last season. Absolutely. And I mean, it sounds like they want to target the running backs a little bit more even. So, you know, Cook's going to eat into his volume. Um, they're going to be in more three receiver sets. I really like KJ Osborne, who I want to say was one of the, the very last guys mm -hmm. uh, added in, in this format. And, uh, yep. he, you know, he flashed some, some serious um, ability last year. You know, good after the catch, um, you know, quality deep threat with as much attention as Jefferson draws, you know, as good as Thielen is, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one and in the red zone, you know, Osborne's a little bit of that forgotten guy. But I don't know that there's going to be a lot left over for, um, I, you know, I, I like him, you know, the, the son of a Notre Dame tight end. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, even though I went to Bama where they, they beat up on Notre Dame, but uh, he's got so much athletic ability. Um you know, we'll see if they can tap into his upside. Uh, yeah. I, I'm looking, I didn't realize, but uh, I know your strategy is to usually go three quarterbacks, but you don't seem to have a third. What no, I couldn't. I, I couldn't pull it off. Well, and I wanted to make sure I filled all four flex spots yeah. first before getting like spending on the backup and quarterbacks got priced up all the quarterbacks. There were, there were no like $1 quarterbacks this year. If you notice, I'm, I'm trying to go through to well, make sure that I'm, uh, you could have taken a gamble. I don't. I don't think there are um, some you know potential starters that that got um, 
Like even Trubisky went for five uh, bucks. Jacoby Brissett went for two. Still be out there. What's that? Say that again. Uh, I don't believe Pickett was drafted. No, Um, he wasn't. Um, Trubisky continues to struggle. They may want to get him out there. Mason Rudolph wasn't drafted. That might be your answer, but uh, (laughs) no. But there are there there is not a single one dollar quarterback rostered. Yeah. that that's tough, and I don't blame you for wanting. I mean, you got such a good value, like I said, with with Hunter Renfro. Because I still think he's an 80, 90 plus catch guy. There's just yeah. a narrow, narrow target tree for them. Oh, Gino was a buck. I was wrong. Dave Blanston they, they, oh, okay. points that out. Yeah, yeah, Thornberry got his his Seahawk quarterback. He might have got age Seahawk quarterback. He, there, yeah, there that's right. Of, he got that early. There are a lot of Homer draft picks in here. Let me look closer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thorn. Yeah, Thorn went Uber Stars and Scrubs. Um, and that's why I didn't notice it because it was way early. Uh, well, I guess it wasn't way early. It was pick 166. It was, way, it was the ninth player taken on his roster, though. Right. Uh, Drew Locke is still available. Mason Rudolph is still available. You got options. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, a <laughs> number of the Darnold? rookies, a lot of the rookies are out there. Right. Um, and Darnold, too. It, you know, but, yeah. I mean, it, sooner or later, you know, the, what are the Falcons going to do? Um, you know, Desmond Ritter's probably getting under center at some point. Agreed. Uh, Malik I, Willis might I, get I under center be, at some yeah, point. I wouldn't be totally surprised if Willis is, if the Titans get off to a really slow start or you know, they get eliminated or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Tannehill's, you know, running, gets him injured, something like that. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that was a surprise, but I still, I can't really knock any pick that you made other than that last one. I'm not a, I'm not a, a believer in uh, Jameson Williams this year. Well, because he's coming back from the injury, I get it. it well, it, a little it, bit of that, but also, I mean, <laughs> Goff's deep ball is, you know, a little concerning. I just don't like the fit there in that offense. Fair point, but I'll tell you what: we have three IL, IR spots. In you our can league. hang on to him. You're right. You, yeah, not, so. you can go and grab my my you know one of my other favorite rookies who didn't get picked up here. Yeah. Uh, well, you don't don't want to sp- speak his name into existence. We've already had Tim oh, Patrick get hurt. Aaron Rodgers is speaking his name into existence. I don't know. Yes, I know really. Romeo Dobbs. I think every, everybody will be on him pretty soon. Yeah. I actually saw some moves running in this league. I think Patrick had to be I, mean, I, I already did grab a couple guys for IR. Did you? Who did you uh, grab? Uh, Logan Thomas. Uh, let me take a look. Um, I, I claimed and I want to say, well, I think I filled them all. Um, Oh, you got to take advantage of those spots. David Bell and Kyron Williams. Okay. Uh, who's also – yeah. Oh, yeah, because both those guys – you picked them up and then put put them on IR. I got it. And that, gotcha. I see how that went. Uh, yeah, Kyron Williams on the pup list still. Uh, but, you know, the Rams, I mean, they're talking about splitting carries between Akers and Henderson, so we'll see. Um, I have zero Akers, by the way, this year. Uh, got a couple of questions, but uh, before we hit those up, uh, quick note from our, wire, our sponsors on the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right. Um, Good question here from uh, Kevin. Uh, Asking about uh, budgeting, and I think this is interesting. Kevin Carey asked, what percentage would you cap your QB budget at? And this is – I did a rough budget going into my draft, and not everybody does this, but what I did is I allocated 45 bucks for my two uh, quarterback spots. I did 60 bucks a piece for my two running backs and two wide receivers, uh, and then split the rest mostly among the flex spots. But those are just rough – I don't really rigidly adhere to those. It, it turned out that I spent 45 on the two uh, quarterbacks and it did turn out that I spent, I, I spent uh, roughly 60 bucks on the two receivers, 63, but I spent far less on my two running backs. So I could apply more to my flex guys instead. Um, I think the whole thing here though, is I have a running list. If I, if I spend too much in one of those, then I have to, I know I have to borrow from somewhere else. If I leave some, if I leave aside a little bit of a budget on one of those one of those positions, I can apply it elsewhere. The other empty spots, I like knowing where I'm at throughout the auction in terms of my budget. That's kind of the way I do it. I don't really like say I will not spend more than forty five on my two quarterbacks. If I find that Aaron Rodgers is going too cheaply or Tom Brady who went for twenty one, I want to have that ability to buy on those. Now I had already spent on on Burrow, so I didn't really do that. But maybe I should have gone twenty two on Brady and then found another way, but that, that, then that wouldn't allow me to get the $23 Javante Williams later. And I did a fist pump on the Javante Williams buy. So, you know, trade offs for everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I kind of went in with the same exact approach and in part uh, a, a nod to you. I, I went and looked up your article from the last time we ran this league, yeah. um, you know, to, 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 to I, I had read it at the time, which was, I, I believe 2020. And, uh, you know, I thought that was a good approach. I'd, so I budgeted, I budgeted a little more for QB, about 50 to 55. And I, I'll give myself a range. So if I do decide to spend up, I, you know, I know I got to knock that, you know, running back or receiver position down about five bucks. And I typically will allot the, the least for running back. It worked really well for me in 2020. I, I paid up at quarterback uh, and receiver um, and was able to hit on guys like Kareem Hunt and Antonio Gibson and, uh mm-hmm. I just ended up, you know, like I said, I got such just kept getting value after value this year. Uh, I didn't have to, you know, spend up or, or hit my budget on certain positions or 
get the opportunity for those values, which uh, there's another rookie in there I really liked uh, that reminds me of Kareem Hunt that went real cheap that I wanted. But uh, uh, I'll try to trade for, you know, use a quarterback to, to pry Damian Pierce off. I think it's uh, maybe Pete's roster. But uh, yeah, now that now that he won't have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, <laughs> but he's still got Kyler and uh, Lamar. So still want that bye week QB. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. We'll see that how that works out. Follow up question from Kevin. Who's the worst QB one and QB two you'd be OK leaving an auction with? Um, good question. You know, that's again, how you want to do team structure. I I've often find myself like, give me three guys in the middle sometimes in those, like I, you know, I one approach is to go like, I want cousins car and you know, someone else in that range that would have worked in this draft that uh, in this auction, it would have been too expensive. I'm glad I didn't go that route. Uh, I'm glad I have a number one QB in burrow um, and get fields as my number two, but I'll tell you what I could go. I just assume, you know, I think going like Josh Allen and Davis Mills is actually okay in this sort of format. When every quarterback gets drafted, a guy like Davis Mills still has has some value. You don't get negative, you don't get too many too much punishment for interceptions or and definitely not. It's not like the Scott Fishbowl where you get negative points or incompletions. Um, I'm I'm willing to go that route. I, I tend to prefer to have two more a more solid second quarterback, but. Sometimes that's just not available. Matt Ryan is often a floor for me as far as QB2 goes. Yeah, uh, for, for me, I mean, my approach in previous drafts was to try to pay up for both quarterbacks. I, I had Kyler and, and Aaron Rodgers in 2020, which worked out great. Um, Rodgers was kind of my floor QB1, so I was really lucky to get him at the price I did and when I did. He was because, cheaper that year. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, he was cheaper in 2020, but you know, I still got him at a nice price this year. Uh, he doesn't have the ceiling to me of some of these mobile QBs like Lance and Hertz, who were my top targets. And actually, Wilson was even you know ahead of Rodgers as far as targets for me. But I think I was looking to go more in like that 25, 28 range, and he, he ended up getting to the 30s. Um, for me, that that QB two targets almost always going to be if I'm not going to go pay up for both, which I was trying to do and, and pair Rodgers with a Lance or Hertz is going to be you know running quarterback. If they didn't have the same buy, it would have been Fields. And I would have outbid you for him, but uh, you know, <laughs> thank I'll, you for I'll, not. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you. If I hadn't, if I didn't already have Rogers, I might have made that mistake and been starting with Fields. But um, so you know, I, like I said, I, I like Jones's mobility and upside there as a potential runner, especially with what Dayball did, you know, on design runs for for Josh Allen, even though Jones doesn't have the body to be banging into linebackers the way Allen does. But uh, I, even Zach, Zach Wilson has some mobility. Sure, where, where he scramble. I mean, he had like that 50-yard touchdown run late last year. I want to yeah. say he had double-digit touchdown runs his, his last year at BYU. Um, so, I, you yeah. know, I'm always going to target someone with some rushing upside. And I'll say this, you know, Wilson's had a terrible camp so far, at least on the field, maybe off the field. Today was fine. good. Today was you know, supposedly yeah. pretty strong. Yeah, and the thing is the Jets invested. They, I mean, they improved yeah. their offensive line. They got Garrett Wilson. They got yeah. Brees Hall. I mean, they, they really uh, went out of their way to make sure that he's got a better supporting cast this year. It is year two. Uh, you, you expect, you know, you, you know, you missed a lot of time with an injury last year. All these things, you know, he, he looked really out of place last year, without a doubt. He had a couple of decent games, but for the most part, he looked behind the curve. But there's usually an often a huge change. And I'll tell you what, every year there's one bottom 10 quarterback draft-wise makes the leap and is all of a sudden is a really good fantasy player, whether it's Jalen hurts or whether it's, you know, 
you know, it could be this Wilson could be it. You know, I don't want to say go find this year's Jalen Hurts, but go find, you know, really go find that. Uh, and you've got two shots at that with Mayfield and Wilson, and that can often work, especially in the Superflex League. Yeah, um, you re- referred him before the you know Allen and, and Mills. I think pairing uh, he was he was one of those guys as a third or fourth QB. I really liked. Um, I can't even tell you right now why I didn't you know go the extra buck on him because I think he did go before I had Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to check that right now. Um, yeah, he went before I got Wilson and I think Mayfield too. So uh, I like his his upside. I think maybe a little bit um, of a better. Um, processor than, than Wilson and he plays within structure a little bit better. Um, but like you say, I really love the investments they made. I'm a huge believer in, in Elijah Moore and I don't think Garrett Wilson's going to be that far off from him. He's, he's a very similarly talented player. Um, you know, and they still got some depth with Corey Davis. Maybe Denzel Mims can make a splash player too. There's reports out of camp that he, he is, um, you know, maybe he's a trade target also, but and they added tight ends, you know, CJ Uzama and, and Tyler Conklin are both really nice pass catchers. Yep, indeed. Um, yeah, and Kevin, we just answered your question in case you were stepped away. So uh, but hopefully you caught it. Um, I'd appreciate that. Um, any other parting thoughts, auctions, super flex leagues, or any or elsewise? Um, no, no, not not too many other parting thoughts, but uh, I'll tell you real quick, I, I you know, uh, um, I don't hear a lot about it. The the one part of the thought I would tell anybody that's, you know, we're still in early August. If you're not in one right now, try to do a guillotine league. Yes. Uh, since I'm, you know, not really writing as much as I used to in, in my, my more heyday with, with uh, putting out, you know, churning out articles for, for Roto Wire. Um, I, I really have gotten into different formats and guillotine leagues and vampire leagues are two that I, you know, try to play as much of and run a lot of. So, you know, as much I love and and in most cases, they're going to be still super flex. I think super flex is really the way to go. There's two just too many talented quarterbacks in the league. But uh, 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 I would love to do more auctions. This, that was a lot of fun. This draft that we just had. I'm really glad Ted threw it together. It was kind of funny timing because I had been talking to Thornberry when we were in Vegas about trying to put it together since I was first in points in 2020 in the regular season. And he kicked my butt in the semis and went on and won it. We were both itching to try to 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 compete again, and then you know, for for us, it's you know a lot of writers. It's, it kind of feels like a best of the best thing, but yeah. those those formats, you know, deeper league, you know, auction uh, drafts, those are some of the most fun. Yeah, and I'll, I'll advocate for fourteen team leagues too. Uh, the deeper the league, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I know the NFFC uh, got did away with uh, their fourteen team draft in terms of like their main event, their live events in Vegas, which. I loved it. I like that format, but uh, you know what? That's okay. Not everybody does. But that's okay. uh, I, I can agree with that. I'll add one thing to it too, and why I bugged Ted about the, the the short bench spots. I know it makes for tough decisions in season, but I I like the the bigger benches and bigger rosters generally. Whether that's by you know uh, increasing the number of teams or or just increasing the the number of starters or bench spots. Um, my biggest thing is trying to evaluate uh, deeper talent. You know, and, and looking for um, you know, looking for those either those breakout youngsters, rookies, or guys that haven't maybe hit yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, another name that I love that uh, you won't hear much of in the summer, but I think he's going to be the clear number two and step up for Baltimore is James Brochet. I loved him coming out of SMU. Want him to be a Packer. 
I want to be in a league where I can own James Brochet and justify doing it. Because, no, I hear you. Uh, I hear you. And and my guillotine leagues are sixteen. Start at sixteen teams, twenty person roster. So we're drafting a ton of spots. No kicker, one defense. You know, you got nineteen skill guys. You know, times sixteen. Well, so I am doing the twenty man roster format tomorrow with the NFFC Rotowire Online Championship, the first beat Jeff Erickson league. So uh, we'll be live streaming that one. Uh, off of uh, Greg and Tom's platform over at the NFFC. I'm going to be doing a radio hit with them tonight. Really excited about that. I love the 20 team, uh, the 20 man roster too. I think that's fun for that reason you cite. Uh, and that's yeah. why I like Superflex too. When you have a, a lead on a, a, a quarterback that doesn't get drafted or started in a Superflex league, those guys matter as well as they should. I mean, let's if, face it. You know, in 2018, if you took Patrick Mahomes as your second QB late, you, you won your league, probably. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Lamar Jackson the year after yeah. that, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Good luck getting your Bengals on tomorrow. It's 20 teams. You're going to have some <laughs> competition. All right. Thanks. Uh, well, we'll see if I go that route. I have the number two pick. I, I'll tell <laughs> oh. you what. I hate the number two pick. Um, it won't but be I, Jamar Chase, I guess. Huh? Uh, I think so. <laughs> Not if I'm – if I'd be a charlatan if I didn't follow my rankings and take – you know, I, I have both Cup and Jefferson over Chase, so agreed. Yeah, I have to follow my rankings there, at least for that pick. Uh, otherwise, what am I doing? So we'll see. But unless I change my rankings tonight, but <laughs> I am going to be doing an update. But that that part's not going to change. All right, Luke. Awesome stuff. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, me great there. seeing you in Vegas. And yeah. uh, if you put together a guillotine, a rotowire staff guillotine league, let me know. Hey. I'll send out some notes. It would be fun to do a staff one. I do have one spot left in my current 16 team. Or if you want that, it's yours. Jeff, Jeff right. Coventry is going to be in it. Oh, Jim Coventry. Awesome. Jim yeah. Coventry. And, yep. Yeah. And you can tweet at uh, Luke Hoover at, at Hoover underscore L underscore a, um, and follow You should follow him anyhow. Uh, thanks Luke again. Appreciate it. Thanks everybody for listening for the comments. We really do appreciate it. Take care. Good luck in your drafts. Have a good day.